Hey everyone, this is Drew. We had so much amazing information in this session that we can't just cut half of it out. So we hope you enjoy this special double-length episode of the Codeco Podcast. Hey, what's up everybody? This is Susanna and welcome to the Codeco Podcast. In this podcast, we'll keep you up to date with the latest app development tech talk. Now, here's the show. Thanks. This is the Codeco Podcast. Welcome to episode 12 for season one. Now, this episode was recorded on Sunday, the 16th of April, 2023, for release on Thursday, the 27th of April, 2023. This episode is sponsored by Split.io. I am your host, Drew Freeman, along with my enthusiastic co-host, Susanna Skyer-Gupta. Thanks, Drew. In this episode, we are celebrating the return of in-person mobile conferences. We've got with us two expert speakers and organizers, Josh Holtz of Deep Dish Swift and Adam Rush of Swift Leads. Away from the conference world, Josh works on SDKs at RevenueCat and is the lead maintainer of Fastlane. Adam is a principal iOS engineer at Circuit and is part of our resident authors team here at Codeco. Josh, Adam, please thank you and welcome to the show. I, I'm, I'm especially thrilled that this episode is going to drop three days before the con itself. So again, welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. I realize uh, when we're recording this, it's actually about two and a half, three weeks before the show. Has has the nervousness really begun to coalesce at this point? Yeah, uh, I think it like really hit me when I started making the edges uh for the conference uh the uh, a few days ago like things are getting real we have like 330 t-shirts here bags stickers uh sponsor stuff is getting sent i have some speakers sending some stuff here be for me to bring to them for some reason uh so my house is turning into like a whole warehouse of stuff and it, yeah it's it's getting a little real uh and yeah i guess the conference will actually be starting two weeks is it is it two weeks from like right now registration opens like two weeks from right now wow yeah yeah that's crazy so uh, i'm not freaking out nope both Susanna and i will be there and we're really excited i'm super excited to see you guys in person I keep reloading the speakers page, expecting Adam to pop up on it. So I'm, I'm <laughs> sad that Adam is not going to be there too. So I am also sad. So many people from the from this podcast are going to be there in person. Avia uh, uh, is going to be there. Um, Paul Hudson is the closing keynote speaker, which is uh, going to make me Mark sad. Mark Dalrymple is going to be there. Mark's going to be there. Uh, the the closing keynote is going to make me sad because I have to work the next day and I'm leaving early, so I don't know if I'm going to see the closing <sighs> keynote. Maybe I can change my flight. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then you can work on the flight and in the airport. I'm not sure what his closing keynote is actually going to be. He just told me it's motivational, and I was like, okay, that's that's fine. That sounds good. So it's going to be a surprise to me. So. <sighs> I couldn't, I have no information to convince you to either stay or not. So I assume it's going to be good, but. <laughs> Adam, let's start with you. Have you organized a con before? Uh, before Swift Leads, no. Uh, so Swift Leads was my um, kind of first entrance into organizing such an event. I mean, I've kind of uh, attended many conferences. So I, I kind of had an idea of what it was like. But um, no, there is no experience at all. <laughs> and Josh? 
Uh, no, absolutely not. This is the first time. So this is kind of like a beta conference, it feels like for me. And uh, there's a lot of beta testers that are coming from all over. So it's a little bit nervous. But uh, no, I've, I've attended a bunch of conferences before. Uh, like, I think my most was probably AltConf. Been to a few 360i devs. Um, oh, interesting. I really okay. thought about starting uh, a, a, a conference, but I went to Swift Leads uh, and tw- what was what what year Swift Leads did I go to? Was that twenty 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 one? Yeah. And like, I think watching Adam organize that, I was like, oh, like this is a thing like n- normal people can do like i thought it was like this huge team kind of thing and adam just killed it with him and i think it was his wife and family at the time maybe a few other organizers but like adam is pretty much the inspiration and the reason like deep dish swift is happening i don't know if i ever told you that but uh yeah so swift leads if it wasn't for swift leads and adam i probably wouldn't have started deep dish and 21 was your inaugural year at swift leads right as in the that was your the, one yes yeah so we were we were due yeah. to, we were due to launch in 2020 um but but of course the pandemic kind of got the better of us um so it was it's a bit of a weird uh moment so like swiftly swift leads is kind of um i guess maybe extra special in the sense that it was born during <laughs> the height of a pandemic um <laughs> and, we, and we were able to even launch um despite a global pandemic i mean 2021 was um, still rocky, right? For for many people, so um, mm-hmm. we were still kind of able to make that uh, launch and do it safely, and I think successfully as well. Um, but yeah, so twenty twenty one was kind of our second year, but um, officially our first year. <laughs> I guess twenty twenty three is really, as we've termed this, the return of the improv, the in person conference. Um, we've had a pandemic for the past few years. The last conference I went to was literally an RW DevCon or what <laughs> pre-Codeco when we were Ray Wender, like an RW DevCon, uh, which was quite wonderful. Um, like the cons are always wonderful in general. It's a great sense of networking and community. Um, <laughs> Josh, what um what are you looking forward to most in this con other than it being over and you having the the relief of it having been done uh i'm just excited to like see everyone who like i've i've gotten to know over the past like three four years like a lot of people who are going to be attending this are people that i've never met in person before um people that i feel like i actually like know um so being able to, to see 50, 100, 150 people that I know from Twitter, Mastodon, GitHub, Slacks, wherever they are, trying to say hi to all of them in person uh, <laughs> is going to be challenging. But I'm super excited to actually like see everyone and have us all be in one one space. Because I think there's going to be like a bunch of uh, conversations that happen that are going to be amazing if they're dev-related, not dev-related. A way for us to all connect on something that's a little bit deeper than just socials um i think that's kind of what i'm most looking forward to i've i've got a feeling you're go you're you are going to change the answer to that like um on to the second or the third uh conference because i remember thinking the same thing of like um you know meeting all these people it's like really special but like for me the 
there, there are a few like elements uh, which kind of motivate you to keep doing this year on year. And um, mm. to kind of go over those, one of those is getting people together that you don't know. So like um, the, the, mm. when I first started Swift Leads, I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to get like 50 people. Those 50 people probably know me and they're going to be, you know, supporting me rather than, you know, the, the conference. And I was seeing all of these companies uh, kind of booking their teams on and, and people booking. I was like, I don't know who this person is. And and there's something really special because you're, you know, that it's like going further then your own kind of network. There's like something really special. And then um, another, which kind of goes on from that, another special point is seeing people create their own network or their own friendships and maybe even getting a new job from the conference. And mm. in my head, I'm thinking, if they didn't attend the conference that we had organised, that wouldn't have happened. And it's just something so rewarding, kind of seeing that nurture on the event that you've created. You know, it's just so kind of special. I think your answer might change. <laughs> as deep, deep. I feel like my answer is changing right now. Like that sounds so much better than the selfish answer that I gave. So, uh, no, yeah, I've I've kind of noticed that too. Where like the f- the first like probably seventy five tickets that were sold, people that like I knew for the most part, but then like the last half i'm like i don't i don't i don't know these people i don't know them but like yeah i'm i'm excited to kind of see who they are and like how they like everything they do so yeah i think i think that is a part that now i should probably be a little bit more aware of uh in two weeks from now just observing all of that that's a good point yeah on the the topic of not knowing people there comes the other side of that, which is you'll come up upon people you don't know, but they know you. And that's a very mm. strange feeling. Um, as a podcaster, I've had many people come up to me. I, I had people at the uh, the iOS Dev Happy Hour recognize me and go, oh, now I've got a face for this. And uh, it's it can be very jarring when somebody comes up to you and recognizes you and it's like, hi, how are you? And you're like, oh, great. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, I I uh, I hope I handle that well. I'm not I I uh, I'm not real good at like small talk mm-hmm. at at things like this or but like I think I think at least for our community, like we all have a lot of common interests. So I think it'll probably be easier easier for me to talk to people because we have this commonality there mm-hmm. but uh yeah that'll be kind of a weird feeling i do think that something that's really neat that has gone on concurrently with this run-up to deep dish swift that i think is just kind of a brilliant idea in general for a conference is that a couple of the speakers have started a podcast <laughs> with other speakers so they interview a speaker every I think that's twice a week and you get some insight into those people. And then there's like a little game they're playing at the end where um, the speaker is asked to say two truths and a lie about themselves. And then everyone attending is supposed to like, see if they can figure out what the lie is, but it, so you have, so there's these pre-made icebreakers for all the speakers because that um, slices is the name of the podcast is, is running concurrently. And I think, 
I don't know if that's something that happened organically, Josh, or if that's something you suggested to Kai and Malin. It was not. It was not my idea at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. They. They. Uh, but it's such a cool thing. And yeah, they hit me up. I think it was uh, December with the idea. They were like, "We got this idea to start this and interview all the speakers." And they're like, "How do you feel about it?" I'm like, "I." probably can't handle anything else on my plate but like if you guys want to do it like that'd be absolutely amazing and they're like yep yep mm -hmm. we have it they have an extra like podcast slot in their subscription or whatever so like it just fit into everything that they were doing and like i think i think it's yeah it was it was a really cool addition because like uh as as a speaker in the past like I've got a lot of nerves, people like not knowing who I am and like knowing a lot about me. Um, and I, th I think being on this episode as a speaker probably gives like a little bit more relaxation, knowing that like you're just not this stranger on stage anymore. Like you have this 50 minute podcast episode about you uh, that people have heard and, and and then kind of feel like they know you now. Um, so I think I think it was a really nice addition. Yeah, I think it really humanizes the speakers. I don't know if you mm -hmm. if there are people in the Swift Leads universe who want to do that for Swift Leads, but it's, it's, it's a cool should. idea. It's a really good yeah. it's a really good idea. We we um I think we did we did something similar which was like a Twitter space where we sort of started getting a few speakers and a few people together and sort of kind of hype up the the start of the of the conference but yeah i really like the idea of of having some sort of uh, podcast so if anyone's out there <laughs> you know <laughs> i'd listen i said i was struck with it became it's also a really good podcast like even if you didn't manage to snag one of the tickets, you know, like it's good listening. It's interesting that a con will often grow limbs like a tree and there are just other fruits that start hanging from these limbs. And the more that that central tree grows, the more that grows off the ends of it. I mean, you take a look at WWDC and it got large enough that it's got its own oh, wow. surrogate con that goes off <laughs> for people who can't get into WWDC. So it's just wonderful to to plant that seed and, and to see the the inception of a con to see how that con is gonna to go in the future. Um, you know, obviously you just want to get through number one, but you know people are already thinking, you know, will I be able to make it back for two, three, four, etc. So let's let's turn the 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 the, the uh, direction a little bit here and talk about the different positions at a conference there there are pretty much three jobs at a conference and that is you're either going to the conference you're presenting at the conference or you are at the conference and you need to to put it together <laughs> um let's talk for the organizer first what are some of the the trials and tribulations that you have gone through organizing the conferences leads and, and deep dish and what are some of the things it's like i had never thought of blah yeah there's a lot <laughs> um like we we had this uh, situation where we had kind of uh so we'd met up with a local company. So a lot of the things we do for Swift Leads, we try and keep it local. So, you know, uh, companies that right. are providing food or the swag or whatever it is, we try and 
um, help the local uh, companies and businesses uh, around us. And um, we'd found this really great company, so it seemed, that was uh, manufacturing uh, swag, you know, you name it, they could do it, T-shirts, bags, uh, pins, everything. And um, we'd kind of had several meetings with those. We threw all of our eggs into that basket and um, we started doing uh, designs of, of certain stuff. And then they just started to like not respond to emails. And um, after like weeks were passing by, I started getting like some concerns and um, we were getting quite close to the conference because we try and do this as close as possible because of course we need to know attendee numbers and, and things like that. And uh, it was just purely by chance that somebody at the venue said, um, oh, who's doing your swag? And I mentioned the company name, and there was like, "Oh, have you have you seen that going um, bust?" <laughs> and uh, oh gosh, I was like, <laughs> "Oh my, oh my goodness!" I was like, no, so I uh, did some research, and it turns out this company was uh, filing for liquidation. And um, yeah, you know, wow. you you immediately like, okay, what do we do now? You know, it's thrown all of the plans out. You've got to basically start from scratch and sourcing uh, companies who's going to provide all of this stuff. And uh, we only had, you know, maybe a month, uh, two months before the uh, the big day. So yeah, like, who would have expected that? You know, <laughs> that's insane. I, uh, how did 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 you end up like prepaying them or like at all? Like, was there any like money? I mean, you don't have to share this, but I'm just like, like. Was there money loss that you had to deal with in that in that too? Yeah, I mean, luckily no, um, but we were we okay. were very close to sort of paying a deposit, um, and there were loads of companies that had already done that. You know, they were like in a similar position, but they'd mm-hmm. already uh, paid for those items. So luckily, there was no loss at all, apart from time, essentially. Good. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was like okay, we need to we need to find some uh, companies, and uh, luckily I found um, uh, literally like an indie guy who um, does all of the t-shirt printing at, at his home, and like I was like, oh wow, yeah, you can have the business, like uh, you know, you you can do this for us, and the t-shirts were amazing as well. Yay! So he managed to turn them out, even though he was a super small business. Yeah, it was literally just him and a printer at home. <laughs> and uh he was like yeah i'll do this i was like yeah i'd love you to have you know the, the business rather than you know some bigger yeah. companies yeah so uh so yeah he he turned it around but yeah it just kind of throws all of the plans out and you're sort of like okay i need to do this <laughs> now i have a question about how it works behind the scenes when you're doing like, okay, like for the t-shirts or, you know, like what Josh just asked, like, did you have money extended? So for all of this, like, I know there are sponsors, thank God. Okay. So when somebody agrees to sponsor, do they give you the money? When do they give you the money? How much of this are you floating on your own credit cards? Or did you have to, did you open like a business? Did you immediately open a business? So like Deep Dish Swift is a company and Swift Leads is a company. Like, how do you, how do you actually do the money side of it to pay for the things? Do you want to go first, Josh? Or... 
Yeah, yeah, I'll go for it. So yeah, I am I am the proud 49% owner of Deep Dish LLC. Uh, my okay. w- 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 wife owns the other 51%. Uh, but yeah, so we had our new business, uh, bank account, uh, and trying to think that was a while ago it was like six seven nine months ago but uh i had i had a sponsor so you did like you grabbed the url and then started the business yes url came first and then and then the logo and then the business and then the bank account uh i had to put some of my personal money into the bank account to have like the bank account created uh but i had a, a few of my sponsors pay up front uh which was which was nice and then the ticket sales also went to my bank account right away up front too so uh nothing i didn't have to luckily did not have to open any sort of credit line or anything like that everything has been uh floating off of ticket sales and sponsors so we got we got pretty lucky i didn't have getting a credit card that uh um had zero percent interest on it in case i needed it for whatever reason but no yeah it's been i didn't have to pull any personal money but i was also personally liable for a lot at that time so uh there was quite a bit of stress stress at that point but no yeah we uh we yeah we end up getting real lucky with i think i think i I want to do the ticket sales and stuff as early as I could, just so we can kind of like build up those funds to help pay for other things that we had to pay for. That totally makes sense. Yeah, because I think in the US is perhaps a little bit different to how how it is in the UK. Because um, I mean, I I didn't have to pay for anything upfront. Like even most venues, there's what? Yeah, like the even most venues, there's no deposit. Um, you just pay the the bill at the end. Um, uh, I'm gonna throw my next conference in the UK. <laughs> Sorry. So, so yeah, so uh, for us, similar story. You know, we registered the URL and um, and everything, and then we have a registered company here in the UK with with a bank account, and then yeah, of course, you know, ticket sales, sponsorship money comes in. Uh, right away uh, some sponsors it's like you know a couple of months because they're a huge company and you've got an invoice and then it's a 30 to 60 day window so like um we've worked with right yeah like, mm-hmm. we've worked with some um really really big sponsors and it can take a little while for the the funds to clear um but then majority of sponsors they pay pretty much straight away so that we can start you know getting them on the website we can advertise them and help them mm-hmm. uh, with their sort of requirements um and then you know over the kind of the course of the year it sort of builds up enough and you've just got to manage that cash flow so you know i have um uh-huh. endless amounts of spreadsheets which calculates if we sell <laughs> this many tickets uh, this many sponsors uh, this is how much we'll, mm-hmm. we'll have uh, this is how much food is going to cost how much the venue is going to cost x y and z and then um what's going to be left over um actually in year one we had uh, a little bit left over that got rolled over into year two. Uh, so we reinvested that into some um, fancy lights and um, some some nice swag. And um, and then actually we had a little bit left from uh, year two, which is going to go over to, to year three. So uh, we we are non-profit, right? Like I don't uh, make any money from this. Um, the only people making money is the companies that uh, we use their services for. So they're, of course, making money. 
Um, and the venue's making money. Um, but otherwise, <laughs> uh, nobody gets paid. Uh, nobody's getting a paycheck. It's purely for the community. The money goes back in, and we pump that back into um, ultimately the, the conference and the attendees. Yeah, that's kind of our plan, too, is to kind of have anything that we profit this year to use. Hopefully we profit. Uh, anything that we would profit into year two. Mm-hmm. Uh and kind of just make it easier going uh, into other ones so that we don't have to like stress as much when we initially plan. I think it seems like it makes sense that if you can bootstrap the next year off of the first year, that that makes things go a little more smoothly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I, I think so. I hope so. We'll find out. I was going to point out that when um, Adam was talking about the, um, the, the swag company that went down i had learned early in my software engineering career to set up that calendar of drop dead dates um i was assigned a project where i had to use a third party sdk to do something and i kept asking the pm when am i going to get this external third external sdk because i can't do anything until that comes in and if you're setting a date for me to complete then this is my date for you to get me an SDK, or I'm going to tell you this project is not going to complete. Right, setting up all those dependencies. So I, I, I found that <laughs> st- structured calendar moving backwards really has, has helped me with organizing. That's smart. Yeah, and, and, I don't yeah, think I've, absolutely. I don't think I've done that. And well, I mean, I feel like I should have done that. But that'll help you for year two, because now you know this took yeah, this long, this took that long. You know what are my mm-hmm. safety? What are my safety dates? What are my uh, I'm getting nervous dates? Yeah. So so we've we've talked about some of what what the the organizers should know going in, and I, I we haven't even scraped the the surface of of that uh, <laughs> that iceberg. But let's talk about the other things. You you cannot have a good con without speakers. And what are you looking for as organizers in your speakers? Uh, Josh, let's start with you this time. Yeah. So, um, I th- so when I when I started Deep Dish, I wanted to have like a pretty good speaker set already lined up to kind of like draw like the initial sales from that. So this year, I kind of went out and found most of the speakers. Uh, year two, I probably won't. Year two, I'll probably have a CFP that is a lot bigger, but I kind of like to have launches that are uh, big and kind of complete. Um, so mm-hmm. a lot of the speakers I went out and found. Um, and a few of them are ones that like inspired me as a speaker. <clears throat> so like Ben Shearman from NS Hipster. Uh, he, uh, he was in Chicago for a conference in 2019. I saw him speak. And, uh, before I saw him speak, I was never a conference speaker. I was terrified of it, but I saw him speak and how he, how he delivered his talks and he inspired me to start speaking. So like I had to have him here. Like he was, he was a must for me. Um, so I'm super excited to have him here back in Chicago again, where I first saw him. Um, so a few speakers have like a personal connection 
with me just because like I wanted this conference and I wanted to kind of kind of have a bit of me in it. But I also wanted to have some speakers that were like new that I've never met, ones that are a little bit more maybe on the inexperienced side of speaking that could use this as a good platform to help them start. I wanted a a uh, diverse speaker, diverse talks, kind of just as as like as rounded of a speaker set as I could. Um, so that was kind of my goal with finding speakers. Uh, I have a little bit of regrets having a very minimal CFP because there were so many other good talks that I wanted to include. Probably could have had a seven day conference easily. Uh, <laughs> that would have been insane. But uh, so I think next year going forward, I'll probably handpick less speakers, have a bigger CFP uh, to try and get even a more like diverse crowd in there. So I always have to jump in whenever people use lingo. In case there are listeners who don't know, what is a CFP? Uh, I think it is it call for paper or call for proposal. I always forget what the P stands for. I think it's both. Okay, it is both. Yeah, it's both. Uh, pretty much, you a a a speaker submits a talk title, summary, description, um, and it should be as detailed as possible to make it easier for organizers to determine if that talk is a good fit. Um, and. Uh, I had four slots available and 126 CFPs to go through. So <laughs> Susanna helped, which was awesome because uh, that was a lot to go through, way more than I expected. Um, mm-hmm. But very hard to pick out four. I'm hoping next year it's easier when we have more slots available. I think part of what we're seeing just in like the deluge of really good proposals for just a very few slots, it's all part of this that like, there's so many conferences happening again. There's so like mm-hmm. our community is so ready to get together and learn in person. Like it's just there's so much sure. excitement. Mm-hmm. So, Adam, how do you choose speakers? How do you get the Swift Leads lineup? And how has that changed over the years? Because it's year three we're coming up on now, right? Yeah. So we we've uh, evolved over uh, time, and I guess. What Josh uh, just mentioned there is pretty much uh, how we uh, started. So in year one, I kind of handpicked the, the speakers. Um, and I think people, uh, it's hard for people to understand from an organizer's perspective that when you're starting a conference, you know, you have so much anxiety whether people are going to come or not. Uh, you need people uh-huh. to come because ultimately uh, that funds the, the conference. And you know, you need to kind of be reassured that and you, you don't have much time because it's year one and your mind is on so much stuff that you kind of want to handpick um, speakers to kind of almost assure that the speaker lineup is solid and that's kind of handled. Um, it's not great. Like that approach uh, for me just doesn't scale. It's just not... Um, it's, yeah, I just don't, I don't, I don't particularly like that approach. Um, so I knew that wasn't going to be the the long term kind of goal, but I mm-hmm. I understand why that happens because well I did it I you know I I I know why <laughs> why uh, that happens. Uh, so then what we did then is on year two we evolved into uh, what is becoming probably uh, the future of us like how we're going to do it year on year, and uh, that is we uh, use a platform called Sessionize. And uh, people can submit their 
CFP, their, their, their proposals. And we opened that for two months. And, and then we have a team. We actually have a team behind Swift Leads now. And uh, the team is all, they're all volunteers. They're all members of the community. They all have different kind of viewpoints to how we should uh, run the conference. And they uh, vote on the proposals anonymously. So we, it'll actually happen quite soon. So in two weeks, uh, CFP ends. Uh, we have a button which says start evaluation. All of the talks uh, that have been submitted, the only thing you can see is the title and the description. You can't see anything else. You can't see the name, the, the avatar, oh, the God. bio, or anything it's like that. It's completely totally, totally anonymous. anonymized. And the algorithm they use is called a free by free. Um, and essentially you get, the platform will give you free talks and you uh, rank them based on the title and the description. And then it'll keep giving you more talks uh, until you've kind uh. of evaluated them all, but they'll give you a mixture every time. So they'll give you one that you rank top with one that you ranked free, just to make sure you, uh, you're you sure on, on that decision. That's cool. And then it kind of mm-hmm. mashes all of the... Um, results from all of the team members and we are left with uh, a ranked order of proposals and then it's at that point we um we try to use that ranking so in year two it was perfect uh, as in it was diverse we had a mixture of advanced speakers beginner speakers like it was oh that's good i was like how did this <laughs> you know it's like this is amazing um but you know, uh, it's not going to get it right all the time. Uh, you know, it's probably going to be all white male, for example, or um, you know, not as diverse as as we would like. So uh, at that point, we will um, go for the next down. We'll still use the ranked speakers, but we'll make sure we've got uh, a diverse lineup. And yeah, I mean, that's um, going to be how we do it going forward. It's how we've done it this year, and you know, it seems to work really well. And the software is called Sessionize? Sessionize. Yeah, we'll put links to Sessionize and Paper Call. And the reason, mm-hmm. the other reason that's interesting, because I don't think there's, there's probably a handful of people who may want to start up their own cons listening, but there's definitely going to be a lot of people who want to speak at conferences. And you want to be aware of, like, if you watch what's coming on Paper Call, you can watch all the CFPs Um coming up and, and start submitting your proposals. So one of the things I want to follow up on, because this is so cool you do it this way, Adam, how'd you get your crew of like people who are volunteering together with you? You know, the other people who are like voting and sessionized, who are these people? how they come to be part of Swift Leads? Um, yeah, so when I started the conference, I knew that uh, I couldn't scale the conference unless I had more people on uh, on the team. And I knew that from, from the get-go. Um, and so my message on stage was all about, hey, you know, you can be, become part of this conference. You know, if you, if you really uh, enjoy this, you can become part of it. This is what the future looks like of Swift Leads. Uh, so I almost made um, kind of a, a shout out to uh, join the team. And I just spun up a like a Google Forms and uh, people could apply to become part of the team. And then essentially I had, uh, you know, Zoom calls with those uh, to sort of 
tell them what it's going to be like and what we're doing and what the mission is and and then yeah we we kind of forged uh forged a team so there's i think 10 of us including me and um oh wow they're not all based in the uk we've got um uh, one person who's in egypt um one person who's in india um and and a few other places so like um you know it, you you don't have to be in the uk to sort of contribute great ideas and and you know help support a community conference and yeah it's uh it's really cool you know and they they help on all angles so they not just vote on cfps but they're helping to build the app uh, the website is in swift they're helping with that they you know uh push ideas in slack of how we should do certain things and and they just kind of give a a different opinion you know that's really cool so we've uh we've covered being one of the organizers and we've covered being one of the speakers that leaves one last thing how do you get that word out to attendees how did you get your i mean you obviously you build the website but how else do you get the word out um josh again let's start with you um so i wanted a kind of a big surprise reveal but i also kind of ended up like hinting towards things uh for months so the pizza emoji on twitter kind of became uh synonymous with anything i was talking about and then i also had some uh some of my street team members on twitter just kind of comment that on things as well so some some people who knew what i was up to would kind of help spark this pizza emoji on replies and things so there was a lot of confusion about what was happening so i try to have like this big build up of like i'm gonna announce something so i think that's how like my uh, initial announcement went but then i haven't start stopped talking about it on twitter since october so uh yeah. i just kind of i just kind of spammed hard i was talking to uh curtis herbert uh when i was uh starting this off uh from slopes because he he ran a few conferences back in the day i can't he had one in philly i think and then he helped with oh. one in chicago um i can't remember the name of it um but uh he was like just make sure like don't don't like slow down once it's announced like go hard, try and sell things nonstop, just go hard. So like that kind of stuck with me. Uh, Cause I didn't really didn't want to not sell enough tickets and then not have a profit and then not do it again. So uh, I just yeah. talked about it nonstop, try to find unique ways, different people to like uh, help promote and kinds of things. And uh, I think it turned out okay. <laughs> Um, I feel like it was a lot of luck, uh, either with the timing of announcing things or, uh, the logo and name of it just being super weird that people enjoyed it. <laughs> um, so I, I had absolutely no plan. I don't know if I could do it again with another kind of conference or anything, but, uh, I just try to have an existing team of people to help me like push out during the initial, uh, um, uh, an announcement of it and then just try and just talk about it nonstop. Go ahead, uh, Adam. Why did you talk about leads? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's quite funny how people say 
Leeds is the like I don't know how many people realise Leeds is like a major city in the UK. <laughs> like I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I feel like we, I feel like we might have like um taken over the city. No, we we definitely not. Um I feel that is fascinating though how in this context like <laughs> Leeds becomes takes on the meaning of Swift Leeds and never mind yeah. that there might be other things that Leeds might mean. <laughs> um yeah, actually, a bit like Josh in a lot of ways, because I'd, I've i tried to reflect, and many people have asked me this question, and I just can't put my kind of finger on the pulse as to why it was successful. Um, I think the timing helped a lot because it was a pandemic, and mm-hmm. there clearly was a huge demand for um, many people to get together. And we were able to kind of create that. Um, the UK is um, small in terms of conferences. Um, like even now, there's only two of us. Um, and, you know, iOS Dev UK is, is a superb conference. Um, but it's like in a different area of the UK. It's in, it's in Wales. So, you know, geographically, it's quite um, apart. Mm. Um and then there was one in London and that kind of uh, sort of vanished and there was just clearly um, demand there for it. But in terms of the actual launch plan, it was very much kind of hint at what's coming, you know, small teasers. Uh, Josh always comments about uh, my uh, way of kind of just dropping little teasers out there and it kind of <laughs> killing me this year man <laughs> so much suspense the, the hype and you know people love it because um you know we sort of I, I just think you know if you can deliver what people want you know what people are looking for then they get excited and and people sort of uh enjoy the the, the hype so yeah so so in terms of you know how do you get the people um it was very much just kind of pushing out the word consistently you know, getting the good speakers, they also helped with getting the messaging out. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I think the pandemic could have potentially accelerated us in the right um, direction, for sure. Um, but then, I don't know, maybe I'm under underestimating uh, what we did, Josh, you know? <laughs> like, I think it's easy to <laughs> undervalue, like, how, what, what we did there. Something I think that you did really well that I see Josh is also doing really well, but I think it did start with Swift Leads, is these this the Twitter cards, the speaker cards that are beautifully designed. And then we have the picture of the speaker. And then, you know, it's like it's a teaser. And even if you know, oh man, I can't, you know, here comes another year that I cannot be in person at Swift Leads. But I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks good. And it looks so professional. It looks like it gets it in your mind. Like, here's the thing I want to go to. And then you start seeing them come up for Deep Dish Swift and you're like, oh, cool. Maybe I can go to that one. Like it's the, those, the speaker Twitter cards are really good. I spent so many hours on that. (laughs) Just so many hours. I consulted like eight people about how those things looked. It was... They look it was good. N- not easy for not easy for me to create those at all. I'm not I'm not that kind of person. I can't I can't just make those appear. Yeah. There's an indie side that when you create something, a con, a piece of software, that suddenly your other I don't have talents come up and 
Graphic design seems to be one of those things that's like, well, I need to do this for my app. I, I need to do this for the con. And just, it sort of bubbles up from inside you. Oh, look, uh, maybe I had a career as a, as a really bad graphic designer. <laughs> we'll have more of the Codeco podcast after these words from Split.io. This podcast is brought to you by the Split Feature Management and Experimentation Platform. What if a release was exactly how it sounds, a liberation from constraint, a moment of relief, an escape from outdated processes, tedious software changes, and the slow, painful deployments that hold back product engineers? Free your teams and your features with Split. By attaching insightful data to feature flags, Split helps you quickly deploy, measure, and learn the impact of every feature you release, which means you can turn up what works, turn off what doesn't, and give software innovation the room to run wild. Now you can safely deliver features up to 50 times faster and exhale. Split feature management and experimentation. What a release. To reimagine software delivery and propel your teams forward, start your free trial at split.io slash Codeco. And we'd like to thank Split.io for sponsoring this episode of the Codeco podcast. I want to make sure when we're talking about um, attendees and we're not just talking about, well, so how did we pique their interest? But also, I know Josh had shared with me, and I'm sure this is the case for Swift Leads too, especially as it grows. There, and also because of the time we're at in the world, there are a fair amount of people who are going to be attending these two conferences and the other ones that are coming up this season who have never been to a conference in person before. So let's think about you guys are really experienced as attendees, as speakers, and now becoming organizers or have experienced organizer. What is our advice for first-time attendees? How can they make the most of this? I think my my number one advice is to always find an extrovert to pair with. Uh, like I am su I'm super introverted when I attend things. If I'm not paired with an extrovert who's gonna like help introduce me or like talk to things, I'm the one sitting off on the side just observing. Like I'm not I'm not one to go spark conversations, join groups. So I think there's two parts about this. Is like if you're an introvert like tr tr try and not be because there are so, so many people that here that do want to talk to you and we all have a lot of commonalities so like it really shouldn't be too hard to like go find somebody to like easily talk to but if you're an extrovert and you see someone kind of just sitting alone go make friends go talk to them invite them into your group and that's only going to make things a, a ton easier um like even to this day, I was at the Git Merge conference in Chicago in September, oh, yeah. and like, I, I knew no one, so I just kind of sat and watched all the talks and didn't really like join groups because like that's just not really who I am. If somebody may have like pulled me aside, like I probably would have had a lot better of a time talking to people. Um, so I think if you are an attendee, just kind of be aware of other attendees who might want to join your group but just aren't sure how to how to do that themselves so don't like don't close off with your group keep it open and try and invite people into what kind of what you're discussing adam do you want to add anything there yeah we had um we had a huge number which were first time attendees actually and it was quite it was surprising to us actually when we looked at the um like the results of the survey and um we was like yeah we need to get better at this so 
because like um as much as you tell someone uh like uh you know go, go, go speak to these people or just just walk in you know join <laughs> the, the group uh it's really hard uh to, to see it's so hard uh, so this year actually um we're introducing um like well there's a few things we're doing to change the conference format so that it makes it easier for people to network and make new connections one of those is this um concept of a drop-in session where you can have one-on-one conversations with um like experts in the community about app store optimization or something so we think that all like Mm -hmm. spell a little bit more of oh well i'm sitting down with this person i'm going to start that conversation immediately i've got somebody i can um speak with uh, during the conference and then the other thing we're doing is we're creating like um an area in the venue which is for uh people solo uh, who were there alone um almost like um mm. a bit like a you know almost like a coffee shop environment where everybody knows this area is for people who were there and they don't know anyone so that they can Oh, I like kind that. Of go into the zone. I do too. <laughs> where they sort of think, well, actually, that person's on their own as well. That person's, and it, we're hoping that will sort of encourage people to sort of go into a specific area to make new um, connections. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes as well. So yeah, there's a few things there that we're doing just to try and encourage it. That sounds great, Adam. Really mindful. There are so many great uh, icebreakers. Anything from game shows to open bars, which, of course, was immediately a melt of, of, of personal defenses. But um, you've got birds <laughs> of the feather, you've got uh, the coffee shop. Um, to, the, there are so many variations on the theme, and I, I see both of you mentally making notes when you go, oh, what the hell, if that's something, maybe I can get that in there, too. Um, you can yeah. go as far yeah. as, as the concept of the unconference, which uh, a lot of people aren't as familiar with, but uh, is also very successful where you don't actually plan your speakers at all. You just have rooms and you put up a a screen and anybody who wants to talk can talk. Very daunting, very fearful. Oh, uh, but an unconference. That sounds fun. I like the chaos <laughs> involved with that. Oh, yeah. And and you. Yeah, and su- I'm super uncomfortable with that, unsurprisingly. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's one that we'll put in the in the notes. But um, there used to be, I think uh, Google was one of the first ones that came up with the unconference, where you basically just, you know, you vote on, on these sessions by your own two feet. They start whenever they start, they end whenever they end, and you go from there. But I don't want to digress too far from, from this talk. So we've, we've talked about the, uh, the, the newcomer coming to this and trying to feel comfortable Maybe we should also prep them a little because, like I said, this is going to drop three days before before the con, and people are going to be like, "Well, what do I before bring? Deep Dish?" Yeah, this is going to this is going to drop three days before Deep Dish, and the newbies and even the people who've been at cons are always like, "Oh, what the hell would I bring to this thing?" And I mean, there's the obvious: there's your laptop, and what else? What do I bring to one of these cons? Uh, Adam, let's start with you because you've got more experience there um i would say a water bottle (laughs) Uh, (laughs) because um yeah it's surprising actually um because we try to so we avoided to to give out things like water bottles because just 
purely thinking about the environment and we're not like handing out all of these um items that perhaps they've already got um so things like water bottles notepad and pen you know often uh, it's really nice to kind of take quick uh, notes during the, the the conference um a bag something to carry you know the the stuff we uh from an organizer's perspective we're often giving free things out you know stickers and badges um t-shirts that kind of thing so you, you know you don't want to be kind of carrying that around so like a backpack is is always um handy uh chargers you know um chargers to, to charge Ooh, devices yes. <laughs> often a, <laughs> a forgotten item plugs if you're going internationally the converter plugs you know so if you're coming from if you're going to not your home country for the conference mm-hmm. you want the converter plugs yeah. Always at the cons, you see the people sitting along the wall rather than sitting in the seats. They can get their <laughs> devices charged. Mm-hmm. Think about when you guys have traveled and you haven't had what, or you've brought thing that took up space in your in your luggage, and then you thought, "Darn it, I should have never brought that." Because I know you've both been speakers at many different conferences and attendees. Josh, what's been like worthwhile bringing and what is not coming on a future tech trip? I, if I'm not speaking, I actually don't pull my laptop out. Like that's really only going to distract me for the most part, unless like I have something that I need to like show other people excuse me <clears throat> that i need to like show other people or like i need help on because i'm like stuck on some sort of coding problem that i know there's going to be someone there who can help me but uh i know like if if i'm going to a conference i'm there to like network and like pay attention to the talks so um i usually will try and not have my laptop out i won't take notes on it because i will get distracted open xcode start a new project and then i'm yeah. down some hole that i don't want to be down so i yeah i i tend to just observe and kind of be as far away from tech as possible during all of it um Mm. that's just my style because i know it's going to distract me otherwise that's good advice how do you network what do you what do you use to make that connection and keep track um well i do have my phone on me so i do keep notes of people who who i do talk to there um either like their twitter handle whatever social email if they aren't social um but i think most of the conferences that i've been to also have a slack so i just kind of find them in the slack and then kind of like continue that connection on from there after the event is there a deep dish swift slack coming uh there actually is a deep dish swift slack yes uh most people should have gotten an email after the ticket uh, was sent, except if you're one of like the first half. And then Slack invites have been going out in newsletters, which I do owe another one probably today. Um, but we already have like 150 people in the Slack, I think. So that this, this Slack is also a good way to like meet people who are going to be there uh, and then like plan different things like meeting up at the event, planning food outside of the event. Um, so that's that's a thing to also kind of be oh kind of to 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 use to your full advantage if you're an attendee. Adam, what about you in terms of like packing for conferences and what has been useful and what hasn't and what won't come with you in the future? I would probably say like lots of swag, like um, you know, lots of 
clothing items that perhaps I don't need or or even would wear. I, I don't know, like I have this kind of thing where I'm like, oh, I'm off to X conference and I'm like, okay, I'll throw in all of these jumpers and, you know, people recognize these and the t-shirts and the caps and the socks and, you know, <laughs> and uh, you sort of get there and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I didn't need all of these items of clothing and they're just taking up um, space. So that would be one thing I do go forward, which is just pack a little bit less clothing items, I think. Yeah. And I think, I think going with that, I make sure like the t-shirts that I bring are ones that kind of advertise who I am and what I do to kind of draw people into those conversations. So fast lane revenue cat indie dev Monday, um, I'll be wearing like, I usually wear those t-shirts up. Like I can easily stand out for people who like, want to talk about those things. That's a really good point. So what would be different? What should somebody do different if she's looking for a job at the conference? How does, how does that change what you bring, what you say, what you do, what you wear? How can this be most successful for a job hunter? I don't, I don't, I don't think you have to dress any different uh, I I would mm-hmm. say no. I mean, I've not seen any. Um, what's the word? I've not seen any kind of struggle uh, or like um, bias based on what what that person's wearing. So I I would honestly be be yourself. Turn up, turn up like you would be mm-hmm. uh, attending uh, the conference. We see huge success uh, on the job front. I had somebody message me on year two and they said, thank you so much for Swift Leads. I got my first iOS developer job uh, by attending the conference. You know, and it's, and that's awesome. Yeah, I and, love that. And, um, you know, clearly it works. Um, clearly, you know, and, you know, they weren't wearing a shirt and tie, right? You know, they, they, they just mm-hmm. wore their, yeah. their normal uh, clubs. I just think that kind of environment is just perfect because, everybody's kind of relaxed they're um wanting to converse uh, have conversations more because it's that kind of environment right and you've also got some companies there and they're sort of like you know here's what we do and what we offer and and everyone's Mm -hmm. got a little bit more time to consume that uh information so i don't know it just seems like a perfect environment for like either job seekers or, or job hunters you know to sort of make that that match um I bit of a tangent there. Um, I, I, long story short, I don't think you need to change what you wear. Mm-mm, just be you. Mm-hmm. Of course, the fun for some of us who have been in the con circuit for a while now will wear a shirt that says WWDC 1998. So we can <laughs> look at some of the other attendees and go, this shirt is older than you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want one of those shirts, though. Do you have an extra? No, I don't think I don't think I'll be bringing it because I don't think it fits anymore. I was I was a much smaller dev than I am now. We talked about the the concept that networking is the best thing you can do at one of these cons. And Josh, I really love that whole idea of if you're an introvert, find an extrovert. If you're an extrovert, find an introvert. The the core of networking, let, let's talk about that because really these cons are the best environment because we often say, you know, it's like when we, we're talking to our 
Android coworkers. We're trying to defend iOS, and 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 when we're at a Swift con, it's the only time that we can all bitch about Xcode. <laughs> <laughs> so we That's shouldn't fair. be doing that constantly on social media. <laughs> what? Sorry. We shouldn't be doing that constantly about, on social media, complaining about Apple Dev Tools. Hashtag I love Xcode. <laughs> Let, let's talk about this concept of networking and and what we're trying to reach out and do. Is it just simply meeting people, or is it finding? Uh, you know, Josh, to you, what what is what is networking? I think, like for me, it's I don't really see it from like a business standpoint i see it as more of like a friendship standpoint um which always ends up leading into some sort of like business benefit or work benefit in the end um but i think the 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 hard part i think like at least for me is working remote i don't get to like meet as many Mm. mobile ios devs in person um so just trying to make those those kind of friendships in real life um have been amazing for me ever since my first alt conf in 2014 like i've met cool people from around the world that i would have never talked to have met online that now we're like friends talk every day um so it's kind of helped me have like a better understanding of the world um just because i I have friends not only in Chicago, friends East Coast, West Coast, Europe, Asia, like um, everybody just it's 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 such a a cool place to connect with people who have similar interests, but also don't have the similar lifestyle as you. So like um, I've kind of grown more worldly, I think is a a term to put it uh, ever since uh, like I've started attending these in 2014. Adam? I think you've, I think you've basically, um, given the answer I would have said as well. I think um, I love uh, meeting people. I love meeting new people. I love hearing <laughs> their story, and that's what kind of drew me to to conferences. And like Josh, I mean, you know, it gives you mm-hmm. a whole new perspective when you know you're speaking to someone across the world or from another uh, area to you and yeah i think like josh said you have that common interest which is you know we love what we do right we love um either mm-hmm. building software testing software or uh, even you know managing software whatever it is where we've all got that kind of common goal and that common interest and yeah i think that's what for me would be mean to networking but like josh said uh, of course i mean mm-hmm. it's been beneficial for me i've had certain people who i've met many years ago go oh um i know this person here and and, and this one here why don't you speak to them because they have a connection here and i remember mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i went to a wwdc in i think it was 2019 i think was uh swifty one 2019 yeah i think it was oh yeah um, i was yeah. there and um, just because I was part of the, what was the uh, Ray Windelic team, uh, Cadeco team, um, they organized like a mini kind of dinner, like get together. And it just, just because I was part of that network, 
I was invited to the dinner and then I met some new people I'd not met before who worked at Facebook. So I managed to get a tour around Facebook while I was there. And, and you know, it's... Oh, that's so cool. It's all of these oh kind of jigsaw puzzles. Oh my God, I met you before. Yeah, probably. I was <laughs> <laughs> at that dinner. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it just opens up those doors as well, um, even professionally. So... so- so now, so we, we've just sort of tripped across this next topic. What was your first cons? Um, and Susan, I'm going to start with you on this one. What was your first con? Oh, and I knew we were going to round table because I, I suggested we do so. But so I think my first was, and I can't remember what this was called, but it wasn't a community conference. It was there used to be in the Bay Area um, in the San Francisco Bay Area, this set of mobile dev conferences that was all together and they were corporate sponsored and they were huge. And it was called it was called something like AppCon. And then there was like a Internet of Things conference with it and another conference with it. And um, I went with at the time I worked for an ed tech company and was becoming part of the leadership team. And we all went together looking to see if we'd really learn deep things and see interesting speakers and um, better understand how we made primarily web-based software, but we want to uh, improve our app offerings. And uh, so I think that was my first, and that was quite a while ago. So 2012, something like that, probably. and. Um, and so the big takeaway from that is actually, no, these big corporate conferences are there just to sell stuff. And we did not learn meaningful things. And then right after that, later that same year, I went to a tiny conference in San Francisco that was specifically on building app, learning apps for children. And it was like a tiny one room. It had to have been under a hundred people total. And that was fantastic. And we learned a ton. And I went with my boss at the time. And um, wow, we got a lot out of it. So, and it confirmed for me, although I haven't been working in that space for a while, although I may return to it. Oh my gosh, do I love making learning apps for young kids. So, so it's just the difference between a community conference and a giant corporate conference. Mm-hmm. Community conferences, go to them. Sorry. How about you, Drew? Oh, well, this, this becomes a, Complicated question because my, my first <laughs> conference was a sci-fi conference when I was like fourteen, which was done oh. by a company called Creation, and and the speaker guest of honor was Tom Baker, who played the Fourth Doctor. And right then and there, I was just like, "This is the most incredible experience of my life" because I got to meet other geeks and I got to m- meet like people that I admired. Um, I also have been to the SCA's uh, 1987 Penzik War, which is, I'm just going to put that oh, wow. in notes and leave it there because it, you either know what it is or you don't know what it is or you'll look it up online because that's the best I can say about that. But first tech conference for real was uh, 95's WWDC, and that was back... Uh, when people thought Apple was dying and you didn't have a lottery to get in because they were just begging people to show up and work on their OS. 
Uh, and that's that's a hard thing to even conceptualize now. Was was that Apple was in that state for a while? Uh, please come to our conference. Please mm-hmm. develop for our platform. That's wild. Um, and that's when the swag. I always that's cool. I, I always remember the swag without a doubt in my mind. It was this clear lucite backpack, and we referred to it as Barbie goes developing. Uh, and it was great because they gave you lots of NDA, private, don't let anybody see this software in the clear Lucite backpack. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. But that, that was a good time. And that was back when you'd get the con notes like maybe a year later at the next year's con because that was pre-CD technology. Josh, how about you? What That's was, wild. What was your first con? Uh, so I think I actually had my year wrong. It might have been AltConf 2015 uh, because it was after Fastlane was created. Um, uh. So I had uh, I had a friend that lived out in uh, the San Francisco area who is super extroverted. So I went with him, which was amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, that was my first conference at all, which was a huge one because Dub Dub was across the street, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't get into. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a two track alt conf in a movie theater with amazing speakers. Um, Erica DeSun was there. Uh, mm-hmm. Orda was speaking. Um, like all of just like the the, the iOS greats. Uh, so it was it was a a crazy a crazy first experience um for a cop for me it was huge like it was super well organized and like it was nothing like i expected but it was it was still that like community conference where i actually learned a lot we watched the uh dub keynote and uh state of the union all together uh so it like all the oohs and ahs was <laughs> super cool to be around um so that was that was my that was my first conf and I was just like amazed at the speakers who were speaking in front of everyone because I was terrified that time to speak in front of anyone. So I was like, I don't know how these people are doing it. Um, so it was just kind of like a cool, a cool experience to have. Adam, how about you? So I was attending, um, I guess you would call them like meetups. So more of like, um, mm-hmm. you know, they lasted like a few hours at the most. I would attend quite a lot of those here in the UK. We had uh, quite a popular one in a nearby city. And then there was um, one that happened every two months, which was hosted by Facebook in London. And that was a really good meetup, like mm. like some really um, good speakers. And um, the office is like really nice. And it's just a really nice kind of environment. I was attending quite a lot of those. And then my first ever real conference <laughs> was um, <laughs> was iOS WK, which is the um, oh. the <clears throat> British, uh, I said British, the, the one in the uh, Wales, the Welsh conference. Um, and they've been going uh, for a long time. Um, I can't remember what year they're on now. But um, they've pretty pretty much grown since the the start of iOS as we as we know it, and um, it was just a really good atmosphere. Like it's a really kind of local. People are really nice. They get lots of kind of local uh, speakers who you know not sort of on the circuit all the time, like the the same uh, speakers. So they get lots of new people on the on the stage and 
yeah, it's just a really kind of affordable, nice uh, environment to to be around, and um, and that kind of that just like really, I was like, yeah, I, I love conferences, and um, that's when I started sort of applying to be a speaker and sort of actually going to conferences, you know, further afield and and things like that. But yeah, my first sort of real experience was iOS Dev UK. And some people don't know this. When you actually apply to be a speaker, sometimes that lowers the expense of the conference for you. I can't say that happens at every conference, but <laughs> but at, at some this is true. But at some conferences, sometimes they'll they'll either waive your registration fee, or they may go so far as to say, "Well, you're you're a guest of honor. We'll we'll fly you out for the con and do all of your um um your your board." Uh, your room, sorry, um, but you know that that you know don't don't speak for the for the for the sake of the potential gimmies. You know, speak for the love of speaking. Yeah. If you're not speaking for the love of speaking, you've missed the point. I agree with that. As, as uh, both of you have now spoken quite a lot, so let's talk about four speakers who are going to go to cons. Let's talk about that process of thinking up a uh, a talk and preparing for it. Um, Adam, how about you? Let's, let's start with you on this one. Talk about that process of coming up with something and preparing for it. Yes, yeah, so my uh, way of doing this was actually picking a topic that I was typically writing about. Uh, mainly for uh, what was rearwindowlick.com. So I was doing an article like once every two to three months. And if if it was a new content, like a new article piece, then I would kind of bank that information and that knowledge and see if it would make a good uh, talk. Um, it's super useful because you've already created the material, you've created the, um, the information that you can then relay um, you know, within a talk. So that's how I would typically do that. I've had uh, some talks that I specifically think actually this would make a good talk and therefore I will uh, research this topic, I'll get all the information and, and create the slides and everything else. But yeah, I mean, typically it's always been kind of from an article and then it's like, ah, oh, yeah, this would be good on stage. So let's, let's do that. Josh, how about you? Um, I think when I try and pick a topic, I think of something, um, well, first of all, something that like I'm super passionate about, but, uh, one that I think would also make a very fun, like potential theatrical presentation. Like I'm not in it just to like dump knowledge because like my knowledge I can share in a blog post or something like that. I want to make it fun for the people who are there. Um, so I almost think of it more as like a, a, uh, not necessarily like an act, but, uh, I want to make it, I want to make it fun. Uh, maybe a little bit risky for me uh something where like there's a little bit of thrill on stage um so it is usually something that i am are you saying live coding or uh it has well if you're doing live coding it you shouldn't be just like typing boring code but making it fun like at 360 i dev i nuked my uh 
Apple certs on stage and recreated them and had an app <laughs> compile afterwards. So oh, like, bravo. I kind of want to have some, have some fun like that. But uh, I think, I think for me, it, it doesn't. Have, it has to be something that I'm super passionate about and something that I know, like, a, a ton about. Uh, just because the way that I prepare for my talks is probably a little bit uh, out of the ordinary. So I have a stutter and I can't actually prepare my talks like word for word for word. So a lot of the talks that I do, I kind of just ad hoc do on stage because that's the only way the words are going to come out of my mouth. Um, so it has to be something that I've just like lived, breathed solidly for years oh. or like straight months and then uh if you see me at a conference that i'm talking i will literally be working on my slides uh two days before one day before an hour before <laughs> just because uh which probably gives conference organizers a, a terrible fear um <laughs> but like that's that's kind of how how I have to prepare in order for me to be able to say things on stage. So uh, I'm definitely more of a last minute procrastinator, but that's that that's kind of the way that that I work. So I try to get like all that information that I need to possibly say on stage in the past like three days, fresh in my head, kind of like you're cramming for a test. And then when I'm on stage, I have all of that knowledge in my head that I can just kind of uh, weave uh, weave through the words that I can't say, um, so it it's it's kind of a different experience for me speaking. I've heard so many people uh, so many people tell me that they've finished their slides on the flight to the the con, and I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't do that myself once or several times. <laughs> I want to share too. I remember so. I saw Adam speak at 360 iDev, and I was struck with, I learned a lot from his talk. So he spoke about metric kit, and I asked you later, so why metric kit? And something you shared that I thought was really insightful and a good technique for other um, new would-be speakers looking for what should I cover is you were looking specifically for something that had come out of the most recent dub-dub, but that other people weren't talking about. So it was mm-hmm. new but it wasn't something that made a ginormous splash and was all over um, the iOS press and everybody had written a blog post, but it still was, there was new stuff and it was relevant and we needed, it's stuff that we need to know as developers. So I thought that was a really good strategy that I wanted to make sure got shared here. Yeah, I like to, so you know when they give you that big slide and it goes, like the font size for Swift UI is like, you know, 80, uh, weather kit is like size 60 and, and then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller with the like 200 other frameworks and APIs <laughs> that have also been released that nobody can see. Um, I like to pick on those and see what's going on. Um, and one of those was metric kit because it was like, actually, this is super interesting and could be valuable for, well, for everyone, actually. Most developers are using yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't know. I know that was a thing before your talk. Yeah, right. So uh, it was. Right? It was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Great topic. I always look at those DVD, those uh, WWDC freezes, where they say, "Oh, we've included over three hundred new features, some of which are are minutia." But uh, and and it's. I, I agree. I'm always curious about freezing that that slide and looking at the minutia to go. Well, what aren't they telling us about? Hmm. Hmm. 
I can't believe I have to say this, but there is still more to this episode. So if you want to see everything and hear everything that we had to cut, tune in to the YouTube version in just a few weeks. I mean, I can't begin to thank you guys for everything that we've talked about concerning cons. It's just been fantastic from the creation to the attendance. I, I, and I'm so glad that, that when people are listening to this, if they are going, that this is a way to get them psyched up to find that right T-shirt to, uh, to make everybody either <laughs> learn who they work or get a laugh or something. I've got two T-shirts mm-hmm. that I hope will make, uh, will make people laugh at the con. Um, I think by standing out, I may just bring like, since I'm so into tigers, I may just bring tiger ears to wear and just say, here, find me. You, <laughs> oh, that'd you can't be funny. Please me. do it. Please um, do it. But guys, thank you. Thank you so much for, for, for being on the show for this episode. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you for making the time in your schedules, because I know you guys are both insanely busy. I am <laughs> so in awe of both of you while raising amazing young kiddos and doing so much in the open source world and for your employers that you're bringing us conferences. And I feel, you know, I'm actually volunteering at Deep Dish Swift and it's very near and dear to my heart because I know this is Mm -hmm. having talked with him about this offline. I know that his love for leads is something that drives Adam, drove Adam to start Swift Leads. My love for Chicago, which is my home city, although I'm living away in Arizona, um, is like that's what makes me want to you know i'm so glad we're bringing what's going to be a great conference to a great city so guys thank you yeah thank you guys so much let's do this again next year (laughs) absolutely and this is the this is the beginning of our our spring set of shows which are always a fun mix um We've got WWDC and Google I coming up. Google I.O. is like up a week after uh, Deep Dish. Uh, and of course, for Google I.O. and WWDC, we'll have our live cast to give you uh, our general assessment of all the tech that's going to be going on at those shows. Um, with with AI and everything else, I think Google I.O. and WWDC are just going to be fascinating this year. Um We've also got the two um, host shows coming up. Uh, Suze will be coming up with a show in just about three or four weeks. Suze, you want to talk about what you were thinking of talking about? So I was struggling with this because I think for folks who've known me for a little while, I'm like perpetually a beginner dev and not working predominantly as a dev. But I'm trying to be more comfortable with the idea of it's okay to contribute to our tech community in other ways. And there are ways that those of us who are not skilled devs can still really contribute and move the needle and help make great software. So I'm gonna talk about some of those ways. That sounds super cool. Thank you. And I'm gonna be talking about putting together the the podcast and what it's like behind the scenes. Um, uh, Working with Suze, working with our, our producers and some of what I do that you don't see, which is uh, putting together the audio part of this uh, show and, and, and getting that together. And that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. So that's all coming up in the next few episodes for the show. But in the meantime, if you want to reach out to anybody, uh, though, be careful with Josh and Adam. They both have explosive schedules ahead of them. Josh, you are Josh D. Holtz. Um, and uh, people will see that on the uh, the 
the video version where you can see our little squares with our names. Adam is Adam Nine Rush, um, which makes you worry about where Adam One through Eight Rush are, or <laughs> Adam Zero Rush, if you're counting it like a good programmer does. They're of less interest. They're of less interest. <laughs> oh please! What is it? Is it a long story? It's, I want to hear it's it. It's not a long story. I. It was my uh, rugby uh, number. So I, oh, that's awesome. I was the number nine uh, growing up playing you, rugby. You, you did <laughs> rugby? Yes. So you yes. scrummed before Agile. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Very good, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I really love Great transition. Rugby. Great transition. Yeah. Great transition. <laughs> thank you. But I want to thank you guys again, and I want to thank all of our listeners who tune in, and we will have more shows coming up in just a few weeks. Thanks, always, and we'll see you in our next episode. And that's a wrap. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Codeco podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to leave a rating in your favorite podcast app. See you next time. <laughs>